There is an energy to these woods, to the light filtering in through the treetops, to each shadow that shifts in tandem with each gust of wind, an energy that feels beyond reckoning. The light snow that had begun falling earlier has stopped, leaving behind damp patches of earth and of mulched leaves. It looks just like autumn should again on a chilly morning. Colonies of fungi have taken over fallen tree logs. Unseen creatures scrabble away in the underbrush. You do not have eyelids to close, nor do you have lungs with which to breathe from, but you don't need either in order to imagine the quiet focus of closing one's eyes momentarily, or the steady calm of taking in a deep breath. You hear it, the cottage whispering. You return your attention to the invisible path before you and are startled to find a single eye staring back at you, large and black, often away into the sea of trees, a caribou, its antlers disappearing upward into shadow. You're noticing it makes its left ear twitch, and it licks its own nose reflexively, then darts away. There is a murmur in the air. You follow after it, propelling yourself under branches, around tree trunks, in what you may once have called running. Evergreen boughs and the few unfallen leaves left dotting the trees flash past your field of vision. Despite your haste, you make no noise. Your efforts are eerily silent. You catch flashes of the caribou's coat, a hind leg, its rump between trees like the flickering of an old film reel, gaining on it slowly but never quite enough. And then you find yourself in a small clearing, the break in trees sudden and disorienting. The caribou has disappeared, as if into thin air. You've made it. I'm glad to see you again. The lone creature has led you right to the cottage, where Witch is waiting on the front porch, a brown tabby cat sitting on the railing beside her, its tail swaying lightly through the gaps in the balustrade. The cat blinks at you, tilts its head, and then leaps daintily away into shadow. Pepper is a bit independent, though I think she liked you well enough. Cats can see the true nature of things, you know. She sees you in a way that I cannot. But cats are also very secretive, unwilling to share much of their knowledge, even with their closest confidants. I wear the guise of a human, and so... I am not privy to certain facts, but please, do come inside. Which holds up a finger and beckons to you from the porch. The wispy fabric of her robe is the color of the forest through a cold autumn downpour, a hazy and muddled tint that shifts as she smiles softly and turns on her heel to slip into the cottage. Bookcases line most of the back wall, where they're filled with old, weathered spines, covered in gold-leaf lettering, cloth-bound books, leather-bound books, and even paperbacks are crammed into every available space on the shelves. There is a stack of notebooks on an end table, loose-leaf pages spread out over a writing desk, a jet-black feather quill upright in an inkpot. In one of the corners is a wrought iron stove, a kitchen built around it, with dried herbs and flowers hanging from the ceiling all over, 
The walls, of course, are made up of weathered planks of wood, their natural cracks, whorls, and knots, as decorative as any painting. And there are paintings, too, set in aged frames that once must have gleamed, but now no longer catch the light quite the same. A mirror lies against the wall near a fireplace, stretching nearly to the ceiling. It is propped atop a pelt of fur, a craggy black stone set before it in a simple but mysterious display. The hearth, meanwhile, looks as robust as it is elegant, a monument carved into intricate patterns and likenesses of countless plants and animals all seeming to form a single entity of petrified stone. There is a sunken area in the center of the floor, filled with pillows and pelts, with knit blankets and silks. There are several small tables in it, and what seem to be plush leather-covered armrests built into the foundation. Which waves a hand toward the unusual space, recapturing your attention? Please, do make yourself comfortable. I'll make something to warm our bones. Which starts a small fire in the hearth, and fills a cast-iron kettle with water, hanging it over the open flames from a wicked-looking hook? Suddenly, out of the shifting shadows, in a corner of the room, a fox melts into the light, sniffing the air. The room seems to shift and breathe with it, its unusual proportions. It is far taller than a normal fox, with strange markings on its face and an unusual glint to its fur. It looks at once natural and supernatural, like something that slipped out of the folklore from a distant shore. You half expect it to stand on its hind legs and walk, but it doesn't. It slinks over to sit next to which, on the lacquered wood plank floor, tail curling neatly over its forepaws. It seems to study the flames, or perhaps the black kettle. Which turns to smile at it, and then goes to fetch a tray laden with a set of mugs, a small tin filled with what must be tea leaves, and a pot of something else. The silverware on the tray flashes in the light with her every movement. She sits on the floor, too, setting the tray delicately before them, and the room is silent until the water finally boils, the bubbling of the water and the shooting of the steam a soft, comforting noise. The rustle of the tea leaves the clink of silverware against tea mug, the soft pop of a glass jar being opened, the pouring of hot water, the creak of the floor as she raises herself up from where she had been kneeling. You stopped watching long ago. The scene painted itself in a stream of little noises. Still, you are somewhat startled when Witch finally offers you tea, places it near you, you can feel its warmth, and then are surprised that you can almost taste the aroma of it, dark and sweet, as steam curls upward towards you from the lip of the plain ceramic mug. It's black tea with honey in it. I am rather friendly with a number of hives in the forest. During the warmer months, the colonies allow me their excess, a gift and a luxury. Do go on and enjoy it. You do. Drinking is a concept that you simply imagine, the scalding hot liquid pouring down your parched throat without ever burning, sweet and then bitterly earthy as it pools in your stomach. When you look up at Witch again, you find that she has settled into a seat opposite you, the otherworldly fox lounging over her lap. 
It watches you unblinking for several moments, and then turns to look at Witch. She smiles and then seems to catch herself before she makes a reply. She tilts her head minutely instead, the warm amusement alighting in her eyes rather than on her lips, as if it had told her something endearing. The fox turns back to stare at you after a moment, as if expecting something from you, and you cannot look away. You want to. You don't want to. You feel strange. The fire that has been crackling in the grate the entire time casts shadows all over the room. Outside you hear the faraway muffled croak of a raven. Witch raises her mug of tea to her lips and takes a long sip, then sighs in apparent contentment. She rests a hand gently on the fox's shoulder, and after nuzzling the back of her hand, it settles its head onto one of the cushions, ostensibly to take a nap. A log shifts and cracks, which gives you a slow smile. The fox's tail flicks, and your field of vision flickers strangely, tilts, spins enough to make you feel dizzy, then melts away into something else. You feel words that you can't hear, taste scenery that won't materialize. You are you, and not you. Once in a blue moon, I slip from my earthly body, as do you, our little souls caught in a dreamy updraft. When we are spirits, we care for spirit things, like music and dance and counting the stars. Mortals are preoccupied with breathing, with the right things, the wrong things, too many things. They don't know how to remember the future, record the present as though it were static instead of the prism it is, glinting differently in each brain that it lands upon, then changing again through imperfect recollection. What is time? When my heavenly feet touch the roof of the space station, I dance to the melody of the stars. They wink in and out of life, and time is a thing that could be anything but is probably nothing. A rule we break the instant you join me there. Spirits, feather light, every word that was ever invented, uninvented, because lexicons entire are left wanting when they try to describe how we feel. Look into me. Pluck the feelings eternal from my heartstrings with each ghostly touch of your fingertips. Remember me when you wake. Remember how your heart slipped into mine, and we didn't need names or language or time. Remember how we saw stars a field of white. Remember the way that our spirits blended with the infinite black. Love, you are the prism in my heart, the present in every color.